0: When bears hibernate, do they have one really long dream? Can I marry a hologram, or is that weird? All these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal paranormal Life! life. Hello everyone, welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week
1: myself rory powers yes. and this guy over here kit greer yes. investigate you're just saying yes a lot and that's throwing me I'm off t- uh, i'm doing active listening bro that's when i just like let you know that i'm listening let you know i'm right here with you sure and it gives you a little more confidence when but i'm just trying to get delivering. through
0: in, when we're doing this story well you can you're maybe derailed throw in. and i, I all, mean, right. all
1: my active listening is going to waste buddy. Well, actively you're f-ing up the intro to the show Hey, I'm not the one who did the intro. I'm not the one who brought it off course. So. Every every week we investigate
0: a brand new paranormal, mm-hmm. a brand new paranormal tale, case, claim, or mm. beast, and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it is real. <laughs> That's just coughing. That's just coughing. Just you didn't even it say seem anything. Like a lively audience. You ever heard a lively debate? How about we try some active listening? With just it's just a nod nice nod to let me know that you're in the room
1: right there with you bud
0: can't wait this week we've got a great email suggestion from cariel homer and steve atkins mm, thanks guys they emailed in and suggested a case called the betty and barney hill case a story of ufos alien abductions and star maps whoa immediately i was hooked so steve and cariel you're gonna get what you wished for it's time for us to investigate Quick disclaimer, a lot of the info today is coming straight from Wikipedia.
1: (laughs) What? For some reason,
0: Wikipedia has an insanely comprehensive log of all of the events that took place. An
1: almost suspiciously comprehensive log. Yeah. It knew what people ate for breakfast, weirdly. This
0: is also going to be a big one,
1: folks. So
0: get ready for the ride of your lives. We got to tackle a lot of things very quickly.
1: No multitasking, all right? I, I see you guys washing the dish. Yeah. Washing the dish yeah. while you try to listen to the bish. You're on Twitter while you're listening to the
0: podcast. Lock your screen and look at your dead-eyed reflection in the glass. That's all you need to see right now, guys. We need your full attention. But also, if you are on your phone, just go on to iTunes. Um, five hurt. stars Wouldn't on the hurt. app. Just give us a little, quick little review. Then put that shit down. What are you doing in the iTunes store in the first place? Put that shit down. That was a test, and you failed. It was September 19th, 1961, around 10:30 at night. The Hills had just finished a vacation visiting Niagara Falls and were on their way back to their home in Portsmouth. They're driving through the dark, radio on low, trying to make it home before it got too late when Betty noticed a light glowing faintly in the sky. It looked like a shooting star coming down to earth, but its movement was too erratic. Occasionally, it was even moving upward. They both kept an eye on the object as they drove, until Betty urged Barney to stop the car so they could go out and take a look. So they pulled the car over. Betty grabbed a pair of old binoculars from the back seat, Jurassic Park style, and tried to get a better look at the object. She said it was odd-shaped and had multicolored lights. Barney was like, "Give me those goggles, you crazy old woman and decided to take a look for himself, (laughs) skeptical of what she was talking about. Barney said, "'Oh, that's not a UFO. "'It's some sort of commercial airliner. "'They're probably going to Vermont on its way to—' "'Wait a minute.' Barney froze. "'It looked like the object had turned "'and was beginning to descend in their direction. "'That's not good.' "'We should
1: go,' Barney said." (laughs) Are we in Vermont?
0: (laughs) The couple quickly hopped back into the car and sped down the road, eager to move away from whatever the strange object was, but their night was only getting started. The hills continued to drive on the dark road, keeping an eye on the object that seemed to be following them as they drove. They watched the strangely silent craft, erratically back and forth moving in the night sky. At one point, the object quickly descended towards the vehicle. Barney slammed on the brakes, stopping in the middle of the highway. What the f*** is this thing? What does it want? I have taken some liberties. Uh, okay, with, <laughs> by I was including, wondering. By including the dialogue in the story. I'm just assuming based on the testimonies that this is the dialogue
1: that was happening. So what kind of impression did you get of Barney that you thought? He's got an itchy trigger finger and he's scared this
0: commercial airliner to vermont right is is flying pretty low all of a sudden
1: (laughs) and you think that's jurassic park style okay you think that's got his trigger finger itchy also what are you basing that on has he ever shot anything barney grabbed his gun and left the car okay while Benny waited inside. Is that an artistic liberty or... He genuinely had a gun it's with It's a him. real gun.
0: Yeah, I think he served in World War II. Uh, so he was a, an officer in the army.
1: Given that he survived... He did. On account of his itchy trigger finger. Yes, Jurassic Park style.
0: Using the binoculars, Barney glanced upward at the craft that was now hovering in the sky above their car. Barney said he saw... 8 to 11 humanoid figures. Oh my god. Peering out of the craft's windows, looking down at him.
1: If it's 8 to 11, the number does not matter. It is many, many alien figures. You don't have time to count at that point. It is 8 to 11 times the amount of aliens that are currently <laughs> understood to exist.
0: <laughs> they were all wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. <laughs> I think he means like they're military like a Ferrari pit crew or some shit. <laughs> I think he means like military
1: sort of caps. I don't uh, know what they're called. <laughs> I mean, it's still weird.
0: As he locked eyes with one of the creatures, he could feel a message being sent to him. Stay where you are and keep looking. As the craft lowered itself down towards Barney, he tore the binoculars away from his eyes. F- that and sprinted back to the car. He jumped inside, screaming, They're gonna capture us! At this point, the object was right in front of the vehicle. Barney slammed his foot on the pedal and took off down the road, yelling at Betty to keep an eye on the object. She rolled down the window to look, and almost immediately, they heard a rhythmic series of strange sounds beeping and buzzing. The car felt like it was vibrating as they tore down the road like a rocket. They said they felt a tingling sensation in their bodies and experienced some sort of altered state of consciousness. And then all of a sudden the noises stopped and the craft was gone. What?
1: Like that? Yeah.
0: Here's where it gets really interesting. They were wondering what happened. Did it disappear? Did it just take off? Barney looked at the road. Wait a minute, where are we, he said. The hills found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles down the road, but neither of them could remember the journey at all. This three, four-hour trip home took seven hours to complete.
1: Right. And a number of those hours, they can't recall anything. So to recap, they were coming home from their holiday in Niagara Falls, coming home, obviously, a yeah. the route they had planned. They were going to get home by a certain time. And they arrived several hours later than they expected to.
0: Yeah, after coming in contact with this strange craft.
1: That's interesting because logistically they'd have to to account for that time, they would have to drive two hours in the wrong direction to for it to take that long to get back. And it sounds like they drove two hours up. <laughs> which sounds is like, pretty wrong. <laughs> sounds like they drove two hours morgan. Yeah. Right past the Zongtar Comynchian. Through the wrong dimension. Yeah. The couple arrived home
0: exhausted, scared, and they experienced a number of strange impulses that they couldn't explain. Betty, for some reason, insisted that they place all their luggage by the back door, while Barney was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom.
1: Okay. That's a bit of a weird one. Yes. Is this a side effect of the craft? Or is this a kind of man or from mars woman are from venus type deal? <laughs> what? You check the luggage and I'll check my penis? Yeah, is, is, the, is the guy kind of on a one-track mind kind of thing? He's like, let's just make sure the family jewels are intact. <laughs> uh, I think this is a unusual
0: experience. But there was more. The leather strap on Barney's binoculars were torn. Betty's dress was ripped and had a strange pinkish powder on it. And possibly the strangest of all, Both of their watches were broken. Uh, I think there were a couple other things as well. Um, Barney's nice dress shoes had scrapes on them uh, at the front, almost as if he'd been dragged. Yeah. Uh, A lot of just weird unsettling things going on.
1: But as far as their physical condition was concerned, they were unharmed, right? The dick is fine. (laughs) I just wanted to double check. The package is secure. Because I'm kind of concerned that if aliens show up, I didn't realize they'd be going for the newts. Straight straight in there, yeah. The couple didn't know what to do or
0: who to talk to. People would think they were crazy. And if things weren't bad enough... This is when Betty's dream started. Oh boy. Ten days after the encounter... Betty began having horrible, vivid dreams of what took place that night. Wikipedia says, In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surrounded their car. She lost consciousness and struggled to regain it. She then realized she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest in the nighttime. She saw Barney walking behind her, but when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance the men stood about five feet to five feet four inches tall and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets Mm. they appeared nearly human but with black hair dark eyes prominent noses bluish lips and gray skin that doesn't sound like a human it said they appeared nearly human and then listed a lot of things that aren't very human.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, they're they're still humanoid. I mean, they have lips, for Christ's sake. I get and eyes and hair. And the cats. gray skin's
0: a bit of a right, bit of a right <laughs> turn, um, but okay, yeah, sure, I can see that. Nearly human. In the dreams, Betty, Barney, and the men walked up to a ramp into a disc-shaped craft of metallic appearance, where herself and Barney were taken into separate rooms Betty was seated on a chair and a bright light was shown on her a man referred to as the examiner cut off a lock of her hair Whoa. he examined her eyes ears mouth teeth throat and hands he shaved trimmings from her fingernails and did some intrusive experiments the examiner left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with quote the leader She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked from where he came, and he pulled down an instructional map dotted with stars. In Betty's dream account, the men began escorting the hills from the ship when a disagreement broke out. The leader then informed Betty she couldn't keep the book. (laughs) Stating, that sounds more accurate. That sounds more believable. <laughs> Stating that they had decided that the other men didn't want her to even remember the encounter. Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her
1: memory, she would one day recall the events. Wow. Um. That's. This is a lot to take in. Yeah. So they almost let her go with a pamphlet, it seems like. Yeah, a, an, <laughs> an ancient text. So you've been abducted.
0: <laughs> It sounds like the leader kind of took liberties there and was like, yeah, go. Like, I don't know whose book it is. Just take it. Yeah. It's like a little souvenir. Sure. He's doing a lot of things, by the way. He's like, yeah, this is where we're from. Here's a book of all of what can
1: kill us. Just go ahead. Go ahead. And, and then- It also seems to be like, as soon as he said where they were from, they were like, she needs to go. Yeah, She knows too much. I like, yeah, I love the idea. The other guys are like, what are you doing? You can't give her that book he's not the leader
0: he's a janitor yeah, <laughs> yeah take the book You yeah, had no authority to give it to people at all i also really like the idea of betty like leaving the craft and insisting to the leader being like don't worry even without the book i know that one day my memory will be strong enough to recall these events and i'll never forget what took place they jab a needle into the back of her spine
1: and it's like all of her memories melt out of her body Uh, she's not gonna remember anything (laughs) old james bond movie style karate chopped her in the back of the neck (laughs) she forgets everything (laughs) who are you again never you mind i never understand in these things how come these aliens are always abducting people right yeah doing experiments yeah clipping their fingernails apparently Mm -hmm. which is not intrusive i didn't mention
0: the intrusive ones
1: yeah Got that impression. (laughs) Uh, Took a clip of her hair. So if they're at that stage of human understanding, Mm -hmm. taking hair samples, presumably they don't know very much about the way humans work. Yet, how are they able to like reliably wipe their memory? Like presumably that takes some knowledge of how the brain works. That's a really good point. Also, I mean, half
0: the time, I think the information in the conversations were telepathic yes at one point i think one of them was just speaking english yes because they have a mouth so they obviously use it maybe i don't know maybe uh erasing one's memory of an event is more of a universal technique yeah maybe
1: maybe they've successfully removed the memories of horses and they're like it's all mammals exactly i mean use the ray gun on the human see what happens
0: you could break it down to you know needing to know the inner mechanisms of the human brain but when it comes to consciousness Ooh. maybe that's universal damn and erasing experiences it, you know is the same on with any species that's actually beautiful thank you man now betty did mention the dreams to barney but he was somewhat dismissive i think even though the event had rattled him He,
1: at least on the surface level, was quite eager to move on. It's a bit rude to dismiss Betty's experiences, but you kind of get it. It sounds pretty traumatic, especially for a gentleman who has been in the war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's already been a little rattled. He's like, listen, lady, I am on the edge. (laughs) A feather would bring this whole house of cards crumbling down. In the following weeks, Betty did a number of things. She
0: contacted the U.S. Air Force and the NICAP a civilian-led UFO research group. Wow. Her and Barney both revisited the sites where they believed that they'd seen the object to hopefully get some sort of PTSD flashback and trigger, you know, some memories of what took place that night. Makes sense. But nothing worked. Eventually, their research led them to Dr. Benjamin Simon, a man who offered to use hypnotism to try and uncover the repressed memories of that night. This isn't the first time we've seen hypnotism used in a UFO case. Right. I don't know how this became
1: the go-to for uncovering repressed memories, but it is. it, It really is. Whenever you've got repressed memories or lost time like this, it's in the faculty of the human mind. I mean, it's not something that you can crack open someone's head like a coconut and start digging around in there with a surgeon's knife. Yeah. You need to... You need to goddamn inception style psycho dive and unlock the secrets of your own brain through fing metaphors and shit. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I, I hope one day we get to the inception version of this. And so instead of like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't know, spin the pocket wheel, a uh, pocket watch back and mm. forward and talk to you calmly, I wanna like load up with guns. And have something jacked in the back of my head, and being like, "We're gonna g- go to that night in his dreams yep. and and shoot these little bastards. Find out what's going on up there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the book. I'm gonna take the star map. I'm gonna
1: take the book, and I'm gonna give them a little double barrel surprise." And this hypnotist therapist is like, "Okay, but." don't shoot anyone we don't fully understand how the mind works if you kill even a single entity in the dream state we don't know what the repercussions will be why are you bringing (laughs) live ammunition we
0: don't know if it's fatal to them it could it could be like a goddamn tickle on their universe so i'm probably not terry the rocket launcher though bring the rpg okay now you're just trying to f**k shit up no we don't know an rpg to them could be like a freaking
1: welcoming message okay it's probably not if you wanted to tickle then bring a f-ing feather the sword terry as well the sword yeah 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 oh and the landmines <laughs> oh yeah and the nukes bring the What? Nu- <laughs> bring the dream nukes but we're not
0: there yet we need we need to hypnotize people like wizards so early in their discussions dr simon could already tell that the ufo encounter was causing barney far more worry and anxiety than he was willing to admit So they started with Barney. (laughs) This guy's a tougher nut to crack. They sat Barney down, and they talked calmly, swung the pocket watch, whatever you do to hypnotize people. And suddenly, Barney starts recalling all these forgotten details. Simon could see he was struggling to process it. His mood would fluctuate. He was having emotional outbursts and screaming. And throughout the process, he kept referring to... The eyes. He said they stared into his eyes with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect, saying, Oh, those eyes. They're there in my brain. I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Every hypnosis session, he would talk about them again. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just close up to me, pressing against my eyes. Jesus. Yeah, that's a little intense. This is
1: terrifying.
0: That's when you need to like, You need to play the goddamn Inception noise. Get all the troops back. Plunge him. Plunge him in the water. Push push him into a bathtub of (laughs) eyes. Whatever it takes to freak him out and wake him
1: up so that no one gets shot by an alien. I think they might have maybe momentarily regretted the hypnotherapy.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. So after, I mean, they did multiple sessions with Barney and actually covered a lot about what happened that night, what happened to him, his experience, and of course, a lot of eyes. So they moved on to Betty sessions. It is worth noting that each of these sessions was done independently as to not affect the uh, other person's hypnosis session and kind of like feed them any information
1: okay so uh, betty wasn't at barney session and vice versa yes okay
0: yeah 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 betty's hypnosis sessions revealed accounts very similar to the dreams that she'd been having mm. of being examined on the ufo talking with the quote leader and almost getting a free book but this is the most interesting part dr simon who was still a little skeptical of the whole experience said hey If you're getting your memories back, why not try and draw the star map that you said you saw on board the craft? So she did. And although she said the map had many stars, she drew only those that stood out in her memory. Hmm. The map consisted of 12 prominent stars connected by lines she described as trade routes. I didn't bring this up, but I know that there is a picture of it that uh, is the actual drawing that she did
1: based on these sessions. So I'm gonna find it for you right now. That would be absolutely fascinating because this is, like you say, totally non-corroborated with her partner evidence. It's some of the best and most convincing paranormal evidence
0: we've ever seen. Feast your eyes. Okay, wow. Betty has drawn a bong. Watch it, Uh, it's a star map.
1: It's. It could be a number of things, but it mostly looks like a bong with a couple of ping-pongs coming out of it. Look, it's not the most exciting thing, because a star map is essentially dots. Yeah. And trade route
0: lines are lines. Okay. So it looks like an incomplete connected dot sort of image.
1: You know... To, to be fair, I mean, it's possible that someone who actually knows about this shit, like an astronomer, that they might draw something like, something like this too. I mean, like you say, space is just empty and it's filled up with dots, a.k.a. stars. Yeah. Um, Pretty interesting, the idea that these aliens might have trade routes. Yeah, that's really going in the deep end, isn't it? It's very detailed. Because it's like, oh, not only do I remember certain stars... Here's also the trade route. Here's where they do their goddamn shopping. Yeah,
0: I know. It, it seems like... Probably could have just done the constellations. It's interesting you brought up getting an astronomer involved. Because in 1968, a teacher and amateur astronomer named Marjorie Fish... She's not a fish. She's a human. Just nipping that in the bud before you snipe no in with anything. No one said that. No one said that.
1: Heard... <laughs> heard a little carping about the story. Why'd you make a fish pun then? That's just... It's- If you didn't want us to bring up the fact that it sounds like she could be a fish,
0: I wrote that in because I was 100% sure you were going to call her a fish. Okay, so I just, you should have, I was trying to preempt. um, Okay, well, I'm going to have to change a bunch of this shit then. There's more? Yeah, there's a whole ton of fish puns because I thought you were going to make fun of her for being a fish. And then I I was going to have to, there's something in here about her floundering. Even if I had,
1: um, it, it wouldn't have necessitated a paragraph of fish puns. Something I don't here think we about, ever really do pun gags.
0: Something here about her friend, Annette, like Annette, a uh, fish net. Um, I'm going to have to Jeez, cut all that's that. a stretch, man. Annette wasn't even a real character in the story. I made her up to facilitate the that's fish puns. bad
1: journalism also.
0: Honestly, I'm a little rattled right now. I feel like a fish out of water. Okay. That was just, the last one. Do you want to just get them all that out of the system? That was actually then... the last one.
1: Is Marjorie Fish even real? Did you just want to talk about fish? She
0: actually doesn't exist. Okay. The The real name was Michael Salmon. It wasn't obvious enough, so I had to change it to fish. What? It's incredibly obvious. No, I just thought... I didn't think you were going to go for the bait. Like a fish bait. See what I did there? There was actually one more. I lied. That was the last one, though. But I got you, though, right? Hook, line, and sinker. That was the la- that was the la- last one. And
1: then it's, it's You said the last one three times. I know.
0: And I know that I've said that before, and I've lied. So my truths are starting to look a little fishy, but I swear to God, that's, the, that's sa- the last one. That
1: doesn't count because it's the same thing as Marjorie Fish.
0: Exactly. Let's, should we? I guess we should keep going. There I know. mean,
1: if you want, it's your investigation. Honestly, derailed.
0: Uh, I'm so, I'm all over the place now, man. Okay. I like honestly this. thought you were going to make fun of her for being a fish. Let's just, I'll just call her fish. No, No, that's no, you're right. That's worse. I think we have to move past. I'll call her Marjorie Fish.
1: I think at this point, it's derailing the entire episode. It's kind of (laughs) overshadowing somehow, even the UFO investigation. You're right. You're right. We'll just push on. We'll just call her Marjorie. How about that? Sure. Leave the fish out of
0: it. Marjorie, fish, heard about the story and was intrigued by the star map, wondering if maybe it could be deciphered to reveal which star system the UFO had come from. It's pretty smart, isn't it? She managed to construct a three-dimensional model of nearby sun-like stars, and after studying thousands of vantage points over several years, she discovered the only one that seemed to match the star map was the viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli. Oh. The old ZR words. Her conclusion was agreed with by Walter N. Webb. Sorry, I just I was so sure you're gonna do a spider pun in there. that I haven't offered a single pun <laughs> Honestly, in this episode. That's rattled me. I just I I wrote this episode thinking you were gonna interrupt with a bunch of shit and then now and now Which i just based
1: on nothing. I've never done that before. <sighs> oh Jesus.
0: Okay, fine, sorry. By Walter N. Webb, not a spider. A Boston astronomer, not a spider kit, who forwarded <laughs>
1: Your art of evidence. Who forwarded
0: for time? Walter and Webb forwarded the study to the editor of the popular magazine Astronomy, and for the first time ever in the journal's history, the magazine debated a UFO report. Wow, that's big. I know it didn't sound that big, who's kind of overshadowed by the spider puns and the yeah, fish puns. But um, basically, what that entire section means. Is that the star map that was drawn from the hypnosis sessions that Betty had matched a viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli, which was agreed with by Walter N. Webb, a f***ing spider for Christ's sake. He's got like eight eyes, so he can see see pretty clearly. And then that was sent to an astronomy magazine where they debated UFOs for the first time in the whole magazine's existence.
1: It was the 60s. Things were getting weird the stars that she picked out for her drawing sufficiently matched real stars in the night sky and not only that from a specific vantage point from a star system it was crazy that's nuts crazy enough to have a whole debate about it even though i'm pretty sure the magazine
0: article was debunking the reasons uh (laughs) that it was wrong
1: okay yeah um we're not gonna talk about that irrelevant though right
0: And sure, Marjorie Fish, I think on her deathbed, actually, um, when new evidence came out, had to deny all the claims that she'd made previously <laughs> that there was actually a link to the star map and Zeta Reticuli.
1: You think this is evidence is like getting into a fight with your neighbor, it going to court, you losing, <laughs> and then saying that that was somehow evidence that like the law had spoken. They debated it, therefore it must be somehow valid. It's like, no, they shut you down. Yeah, you'd be like, well, at least it was
0: a conversation. It's like, well, you, yeah, but it was a very short one, and now you owe him money. It's like, still though, it was up for debate who was right and who was wrong. (laughs) There were honestly people on both sides. It's a crazy story. I'm not going to pretend like it's not a crazy story. Uh, I'm also not going to pretend like I didn't gloss over a ton of shit. Okay. Because I did. First off, right. All of these hypnosis sessions are recorded. You can listen to them. Really? Yeah, they're all on YouTube. I didn't include them for... uh, I didn't include them for two reasons, really. One is, even though I really sexified Barney's hypnosis sessions, you know, very scary talking about the eyes, the eyes. Yeah, that um, was pretty disturbing. These hypnosis sessions went on for hours. Okay. And were over days. He he it wasn't just <laughs> <He> mumbled
1: <laughs> eyes once and yeah. I kind of blew it out of proportion. It wasn't just about the eyes. He, I think I said something about he had to be put in an insane asylum. <laughs> that, that was fake. Uh he he pretty much it wasn't as
0: as sexy as that. He pretty much told start to finish a very coherent retelling of exactly what happened that night. Yeah. So it wasn't just kind of like cool mumbling about the alien's eyes. Sure. It was like, so I went here. I was taken here. They took me to this room. Betty was here. Is It's not that exciting. Okay. I mean, I think at one point they ganked some of his sperm and put something up his ass. Uh, did a bunch of scraping. He didn't get a book or anything like that. But um, yeah. It, it, your, your, your typical kind of UFO abduction uh, procedures that you would think is going on.
1: Um, so one, I didn't include them because... <laughs> Although that would explain why he immediately went to the bathroom to check his junk. He did
0: actually get um, some bumps or something on his groin. Okay. But I think that was unrelated.
1: Yeah. Because
0: the doctor gave him some medication and then it went away. So that might have just been an STD. I don't know. <laughs> that was fine. But the other reason I didn't include the recordings is that... it's just it's, His especially are pretty horrible right there's a lot of screaming involved because i think the idea is through the hypnosis you are reliving internally the events of that night i listened to the tapes and i read the transcripts and there's a lot of times where uh dr simon has to be like whoa, whoa, whoa chill out you're not there you're safe it's not happening now because he starts to believe he's there now and he just starts
1: screaming the trigger finger was getting itchy yeah. honestly
0: yeah but hey if this is a testimony to how real this is like all our great cases at one point project blue book got involved (laughs) what (laughs) honestly when we started talking about them i assumed it was like some top secret super classified cia project where the highest of the high Mm. were sent to investigate the most paranormal of the paranormal five cases later these guys are just showing up to anything
1: if you probably saw a weird looking bird they would show up and kill it and take the body away. They were borderline, like, going to just random schools, show and tell. <laughs> yeah, and just seeing what's just going seeing on. Just seeing if the kids were saying any suspicious shit. It's
0: insane. Um, But they did get involved. And uh, a whole write-up of the case and the, the entire transcript of the hypnosis sessions can be found on the CIA.gov website. Yeah. As declassified information. Wow. Take from that what you will. That actually probably adds a level of believability to the case.
1: Yeah. That seems bad. Why Why does the CIA have I don't know, man. Barney and Betty Hill's private hypnotherapy session transcripts? I'm going to tell you something, guys. You can find a lot of weird stuff on the CIA.gov website. There's
0: a ton of very strange documents that I think they just think no one's ever gonna actually find or really look for or care about look at this this is just an official u.s air force ufo form that you sign with all the details if
1: you find a ufo we're we not gonna talk about this <laughs> this is <laughs> Br- wild rory Br- 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 accidentally <laughs> uncovered some WikiLeaks shit you're the next snowden brother honestly th- th- this is this is bananas check this out is that a ufo with a u.s navy sign on it That's a UFO that America and Canada
0: built. (laughs) I'm not joking here, guys. This is the CIA.gov website. They just built a UFO in 1965 that they had to decommission because it couldn't fly more than a few feet off the air. But it says approved for release in 2001.
1: I can't look at this too much. It's like the sun. This is Rory. It's like Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Are oh, you're not I, 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 gonna talk about there's thousands of documents out there I'm supposed to be
0: grateful for a, for, for, for a goddamn Rory, turkey I
1: said pass the goddamn brussels sprouts
0: your heads are gonna be vegetables like brussels sprouts if you don't open up your eyes and, and, and,
1: and admit the fact that we are living in a cosmic egg you, you open you blink everyone's gone <laughs> <laughs> it's December 7th Thanksgiving <laughs> was over weeks ago
0: we've talked a lot about the case I actually think some of those points I brought up at the end strengthen the argument uh, towards this being real. Having the documents on the official CIA website uh, talking about the actual tapes of the hypnosis sessions. And after the incident and in the future, the Hills apparently made no effort to seek publicity. We always whistle- like to see that. We always like to see that. Exactly. I mean, granted, I think down the line, they were involved with a book that became a bestseller. I'm okay. sure there was a hollywood movie based on the event
1: okay so they didn't seek publicity because they were getting fat publicity <laughs> they were decades. drowning in it yeah okay also they wanted a pretty sweet commish from this particular episode
0: uh yeah, that's true they did uh later in life betty claimed this is where it gets a little bad later in life betty claimed to have seen <laughs> you're UFOs. being your own devil's advocate
1: for some reason
0: Betty claimed to have seen UFOs a number of times after the initial abduction. Okay. And she became a quote unquote celebrity in the UFO community. Our listener Stevie, when he emailed in, he'd be like, please ignore the fact that towards the end, Betty started to lose her marbles a little Ah. bit. So I don't know how much later in life she started claiming to have, have been abducted more by UFOs more times or seen UFOs more times.
1: Yeah, there seems to be an unfortunate trajectory with people who have experience of UFOs where they somehow decide it's because they are somehow special. They have a connection with the UFOs. The UFOs get them and that they are like tuned in to some UFO frequency.
0: I guess it must be tough if if you are abducted by an alien and then you try and tell people about it and the only people that will treat you with some respect are all the other people who think they've been abducted by aliens or at least believe aliens are real and then you you're in this kind of like self-serving cycle of you know being more involved and being fed more information by the only people who will listen to you yeah. who are the wildest people and then you're in like an echo chamber of of alien abductions and that can probably be pretty damaging you know there's no voice of reason to come in and be like Let's just chill out. Let me hypnotize all y'all for a little <laughs> second here. We're going to go into your dreams. My name's Dr. Spider. <laughs> I'm going into your dreams. It doesn't happen. So um, in a lot of these cases, that's what we see is people who possibly never had any interest in the paranormal have one encounter and then spend the rest of their lives touring paranormal events, yeah. writing books, being involved in the community. And um, whether or not that's a good thing or not is to be debated, I guess. Well, it's,
1: yeah, I mean, goddamn. I mean, how much of what those people do, exactly what you described, is because the world that we've set up, it's not very kind to people who have, who are blabbing about paranormal shit. It's true. It's not easy to, like, speak at a UFO (laughs) I say this is someone living this life. <laughs> Who's been rejected from multiple paranormal events. It's not easy to speak at a paranormal convention and then like turn up to a, a straight-laced job interview on Monday and ace it and sell yourself as a normal member of society. The yeah. problem is that once you are sidelined into this alternative community and your defining moment in your life is this weird <laughs> thing that not everyone believes in, how are you going to make money? How are you going to sustain yourself in this life? Kind of got to double down. Yeah. And say, this is me. This is who I am. I'm a goddamn freak. I'm going <laughs> to speak at conferences. This is you at the job interview. <laughs> I'm a goddamn freak. The interviewers <laughs> tap in the security button. <laughs> They can't get there fast enough. <laughs> like, what, what would you say is
0: your biggest weakness? Well, a Martian broke my fucking spine with a space baton. It hasn't healed fully since, so that's pretty bad. Also, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> security guy walks in. They're back. <laughs> Come with me, master. You're not hired yet. Please don't touch me. It's a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> it is a
1: problem.
0: If you are interested in this story i'd say i mean definitely do check it out yourself a lot of the events that take place that were uncovered in the hypnosis sessions are pretty eye-opening pretty terrifying and um i don't know pretty the tapes are pretty believable okay okay when i was reading the transcripts of barney's sessions it sounded it was like nonsense it was too coherent he was basically it was like he was telling a story okay but when i listened to the tapes and how it was being told it's quite unsettling because Mm. it's also hearing a grown man who is terrified Mm. and like screaming like the top of his voice and i wasn't prepared for that i was like oh damn this is a weird thing to be lying about if you're going to be this passionate and this scared Mm -hmm. um, during a hypnosis session so I don't know. This is a tough one. I'm I'm, I'm going to throw
1: it to you first, kid. In the Betty and Barney Hill case, what are you thinking? Well, like you say, listening to those tapes, this might be a case we sometimes come across in paranormal investigations where if the case is not objectively real, whether that is up for debate, what is maybe not up for debate is that the people that happen to believe it 100%.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point because that was kind of the conclusion that Dr. Simon came to uh, at the end of the sessions was that I don't think that these people were abducted by aliens, mm-hmm. but I 100% think that they think they were abducted by aliens. He's right. like, there's no doubt about it. How that has happened, um, there was a number of explanations, but um, but he firmly believes at the end of
1: the testing that it didn't really happen. I'll, I'll preface... What I'm about to say by saying I like this case so far, I think it's got a lot of potential for even being true. And it's pretty storied, pretty evidenced. One of the issues I have is actually right at the beginning. It's like a couple clues that disturb me. One of which being the lost time. Yes. I worry that it's a common feature of lots of UFO stories and Hell, if if all of these stories are true, that lost time may just be a really unfortunate side effect or Christ, maybe even a deliberate side effect done by the greys. It's very unfortunate for us trying to decide whether this really happened or not that people report large swathes of lost time because I start thinking then our witnesses have on some psychological level started filling that time filling in the blanks with their own ideations and that Betty and Barney have sort of bouncing ideas off each other of stuff that didn't necessarily happen. Just try and fill in those blanks. And that's the problem is, you know, on one hand you can look at
0: Betty's dreams as her subconscious trying to handle what happened that night. On the other hand, you can see it as having these fantasies about what had happened after seeing an object that looks suspicious in the night sky. As you said, filling in the blanks all of a sudden she's telling barney about it barney's getting kind of upset now because he's like well i did see that thing Mm -hmm. and i don't really remember what happened and then before you know it they're both being hypnotized and all of these stories are coming out when the reality
1: is maybe they could have both got a little carried away and they did mention that they experienced at the tail end of getting chased by the ufo they experienced the sensation of entering or leaving an altered state of consciousness that could have been caused by just about anything, but it's it's difficult. One thing that I didn't
0: mention, because I didn't really have time and I didn't want to get into it, is that, uh, as you said, th- there was like an altered state of consciousness and it felt like the car was vibrating, like it was being hit by something. When they got home the next morning, they looked at the back of the car and it had a number of rings on the trunk. Wow. And allegedly... Again, I don't know if anyone ever tested this, but allegedly when they brought a compass near the rings, the um, electromagnetic field would send the needle of the compass spinning around anytime sure. it was brought close. But again, that was their them saying that this happened. I didn't see any pictures of the rings. I didn't see any evidence that this had happened. It's tough. This is a tough one. It is tough. I think I am one piece of physical evidence away from saying this is a yes but I just don't have that.
1: It's the book, isn't it?
0: <laughs> if she had got the book. She had got honestly, the pamphlet. The star map is fine, even though it doesn't look like it does link to anything that we can perceive in the
1: universe. Which I don't hate on her, by the way, because it's, it's a very tall order to glance at a map and then try and recreate it. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, glance at a map,
0: then have your memories wiped, <sighs> then dream about it, then have a hypnosis session to remember the dream about the event you suppressed in your mind. At that point, you're just drawing a star.
1: Yeah. And at that like, point, <laughs> it's rude of the magazine to roast you for your map being inaccurate.
0: Yeah. I love a good UFO case. And this one is definitely one of the most interesting, but there's just something about this story that I, I just need, I need a picture, man. It's the 19, 1960s, right? So there could be a picture of the car, the rings on the car, a couple more illustrations, Um, you know, we've had incidences, uh, in the past, like, I forget, what was the one where it was like a diamond UFO? Yeah. Do you remember that one? Damn. But, but the people who were there and, and were kind of blasted by the craft, they all got radiation poisoning.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And very concrete evidence.
0: It was like medical documents confirming it. And that was like a really good, solid piece of evidence. Whereas this one, we have quite an elaborate
1: story, um, that I'm not quite sure I'm ready to believe just yet. I agree. And, you know, this is it. What we know happened was they were on this drive, they experienced the lost time, there was some weird altered state of consciousness. And then what we know happened after that is some bizarre side effects, some pretty, pretty atrocious hypnotherapies, some of the stuff that that dredged up. But in between that, filling in those gaps, I don't know if we can start filling it with gray skinned humanoids in caps with star maps pamphlets and uh, medical testing
0: yeah and we definitely can't fill it with two yeses we're gonna fill it with a double no this week folks damn <laughs> it's like a double stuffed oreo except with nose <laughs> but thank you so much to cariel homer and steve atkins That was a banger, guys, and I really enjoyed investigating it, so thank you so much. If you have your own case you want us to investigate, please email it in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. You know the people in your life. They're obsessed with the paranormal. They're freaks. They're outcasts. They're weirdos. And what would they like more than 25 bonus episodes of This Paranormal Life? 25 bonus episodes of This Paranormal Life is available right now if you sign up on Patreon to our $5 tier. I forgot what What was the message here? Uh, For $5, $5. you can uh, get a whole ton of bonus episodes of This Paranormal Life, the number one paranormal show in the world. Uh, You can quote that, take that to the bank. But if you do support us at the $2 tier or $5 tier or even higher, give us a million bucks for all I care. They won't. What we like to do is give you a little shout out and a little thank you at the end of the podcast. So, thank you too,
1: Janae Warner. I tried to warn her, but Janae wouldn't listen. Oh, no. Uh, I said, hypnotherapy is dangerous. You do not know what is going on in the subconscious. Right. But she wanted to know, and you know what happened to the curious cat? What? Do you? It's Psycho Dove. What?! And it didn't come back, uh, Janae. Um, last I her. shot, last I shot, <laughs> last I saw. Uh, she thought she was Joan of Arc. The week before that, she thought she was Cleopatra. She's it's diving like, too deep, gone too deep into the past lives. Granted, they're probably real. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But you know, you need to live in here, and not to. You do. You do. So Janae, lay off the hypnotherapy. Um, and the drugs. And the psychodiving. Uh, just for a little while. Thanks also to Sarah Dickerson. Sarah, I didn't
0: mean to scare you, but I feel like I need to apologize. Because um, I did sneak up behind her and scream, Sarah! Oh, um, I would do it. It did. I didn't realize she had a high cholesterol she was on a knife's edge and uh, her heart just exploded the second that i screamed it
1: really so
0: she is a spirit now okay um but i'm glad to see that somehow those airpods are just floating in space like like colonel floating gun just two airpods hanging out there she's still enjoying the podcast hopefully still not pissed at me because frankly it wasn't my fault was it sarah it was a little bit sure granted a tiny bit
1: seems to be mostly your fault
0: but she's still here, which means she's she's not that angry, which is nice. Thanks
1: also to Stuart Warnock. We've all heard of Stuart Little.
0: This is Stuart Biggle. Whoa. It's a it's a giant ass
1: rat. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Stuart Little's obviously the cute little mouse. Yeah, he wears little Ralph Lauren outfits all the time. He's yeah. very preppy gentleman. This Stuart
0: is like his his older brother, who's like half rat, half wolf. He doesn't. He wears like track suits <laughs> and a uh, and a cap.
1: Okay, he's not so concerned with being cute. Nah, he's least. a
0: he's a rat of the street. Okay, but um, you know, you know, not every Sturt's gonna be the same. Sturt Biggle is he's the kind of rat you want to have have your back. What's Sturt Little gonna do in a fight? Get stood on?
1: That's Sturt, so true. Sturt
0: Biggle, he's done time. It's kinda of messed up. He's got up. rats on the inside.
1: It's kinda of messed up that they call the two brothers Stuart. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Thanks also to Adina Hampton. Adina, do you have any morphina?
0: Because the injuries from the Paranormal Commune's medieval jousting competition have been near fatal. Really? We have a number of people severely injured, and obviously there's, there's no doctors in the commune. So so we do have we we do need pe- we have people who are who are hurt. And a little morphine would chill them out a little bit. Because honestly, they're a bit annoying. I d- I don't it's getting...
1: <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a constant. Okay, well, their life is in danger. So you should probably have a bit of a better attitude. My day's
0: it. in danger of being ruined by their screams. So if they could just calm down for one and second. Also, I don't
1: think morphine is going to do anything other than shut them up. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it's going to save them. Exactly.
0: That's like, oh, that's all I
1: want. <laughs> I guess it's a start. Yeah. Thanks also to Noel Anders Pettersson. Noel please tell me that you have an extra big pointy
0: pole because a lot of the ones we were using in the medieval jousting competition have been shattered uh on first contact with some of the contestants they just exploded yeah body parts everywhere Morphine nowhere to be seen frankly uh, so Noel, we do need more equipment i feel like these people will shut up if we get a bit of entertainment
1: going round two round three and so forth because there is no morphine so the next best thing is adrenaline <laughs> exactly yeah Better pizzazz a bit of showbiz around this place <laughs> so get in contact Noel thanks also
0: to Sam Western Sam is straight out of a western wow. they should call he has like a cowboy name like Dirty Sammy or right. something like you know Six Shooter Sammy sure. that's, a, that's a cool one actually he just rolls around town to town Solving problems or causing them, depending on how his day's going. Depending on how much whiskey he's had. <laughs> uh, you sound like a cool guy, Sammy. If you've got any Western-style adventures coming up, give us a call. We're pretty good on horses, as seen in the medieval jousting Ghosting, competition. Of course. Oh, yes, for sure. And while we did not participate in the jousting... God, no. We did regally ride our horses around the commune for everyone
1: to enjoy, so... We're good on a horse. Sam, between uh, us and you, don't, answer. don't enter the competition. It's a goddamn death trap. <laughs> Just come
0: to our uh, castle at the back. We got a shit ton of morphine we're going to blast off on.
1: <laughs> Thanks also to Martin Thoroughgood. Martin,
0: I hope you can fight like a Spartan. Because without getting into details, there's a certain event that uh, is ongoing in the Paranormal combat. Mm-hmm and there's an opening. <laughs> Some contestants have to drop out several openings due to missing limbs. So if you know any other Spartans, get them involved. we love. To- you all don't even have to ride the horses, just run at each other. Honestly, morale's a bit low and we need a bit of entertainment, uh, Martin. So uh, bring all your friends and let's just have a little have a little joust. Not to give it away <laughs> what the event is. Thanks also to Enkelbert Humperdink. Humperdink is like the name of the sheriff in the town that Sammy Six Shooter rolls into. Like, tips his hat. Morning, Sheriff Humperdink. Wow, morning, Sammy. (laughs) You stay out of trouble now, you hear me? (laughs) Shoots his hat off his head. Yeah, as a little warning shot. I'll I'll stay out of trouble or I'll stay into trouble. Whatever Sammy's feeling. He gets arrested on the spot. (laughs) You you can't do that. Humperdings, like you're going to jail. You're absolutely going to jail. You shot my head. That was a short episode. <laughs> I
1: missed, didn't
0: I? <laughs> Thanks also to Nick Waterson. Every time I see Nick, I'm like, "Do you need water, my son?" Because he is—he's like the dry. He's like those mummies that they find in ancient tombs. Right. He's like bone dry.
1: Yeah, raisin, shrink
0: wrapped. Um, and you know it's a good look. He's looking lean. He's got, you know, I can see, I can see the muscles of his body. A lot of body.
1: definition. For sure. That's what you're going for. Uh,
0: but his, also his heart hasn't beated or beaten in uh, about a thousand years. Oh. So I think a drop couldn't. He might just be a mummy, actually. Now oh, he sounds it. dead. Yeah. He, <laughs> I did
1: find him in one of those tombs as well. So he might just be a mummy. He just set up a kind of tri- trickling afterlife fund. That's great. We need one of To his favorite podcasts. somehow awesome thank you too, sam taylor ahoy
0: sam taylor the sailor one of the worst to ever set sail on the stormy seven seas really what does that mean every single one of his boats he sails back into port captain jack sparrow style where the boat is essentially sinking as it goes in to let to, to dock Right. He's gone through hundreds of boats, Which is hundreds a, of thousands of pounds. It's
1: really a problem because Sam, we're relying on those shipments, and you keep sinking it into the dock. Yeah, we would honestly rather the ship survived and you went down. <laughs> Preferably. We need the shipments, Sam. We do. Thank you too, Adrian Medal. Adrian, if you want another Medel, you're gonna have to earn it in the gladiatorial <laughs> arena. <laughs> Where we only joust. Yes. Granted, there's no horses left, they all died in a jousting related incident, but the giant fing spears are still available, folks. It's true. So, Adrian, you're gonna have to prove your mettle to earn your medal. Last but not least, thank you so much to Cole Veter. Well, if it isn't swole, Cole. The most jacked sob
0: in the paranormal commune. Wow, this guy—you know—a lot of people, if if they're uh, they're working out, they eat a lot of protein. Yeah, drink a lot of protein shakes. Sure, lift a lot of weights. I saw this dude just straight up punch a cow in the face and then take a bite out of its unconscious body. Oh my god! At
1: this point, we're all too scared to confront him. Wow, some kind of... Because
0: that's pretty illegal.
1: Yeah. It some, wasn't his cow. Some kind of wild Neanderthal character. But
0: until we can raise up a police officer to be strong enough to beat him, like when the Hulk has to fight that other version of the Hulk that's... I don't know, what is he? He's like the bad
1: Hulk. Something like Who that. Who knows?
0: That's what we need. And that'll be a great uh, event to take to take place and everyone can come and watch it when the jousting season has finished, of course thank you so much to all those people and thank you to you the listener for tuning in this week what a case we had a blast again please send in your email submissions and until then we'll be back with a brand new case next week of this paranormal life If you are somebody who loves all things spooky then Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma, I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast and every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners and every Sunday we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life stories wherever you get your podcasts.